You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, friend. We are so excited to be popping in your earbuds today for another fantastic episode. And oh, trust me, today is about to be so good. If you've ever wondered how to utilize podcasts to grow and market your business, you are in it for a treat today. We have the joy of talking to the amazing Christina Nicholson. Christina is a mother of three, TV host, and business owner who lives in Wellington, Florida. Christina is the founder of her PR agency, Media Maven, an online course creator, a podcast host of the Becoming a Media Maven podcast, and the founder of Podcast Clout, a podcast database that makes it easier for PR professionals to build podcast pitch lists. You can still see her in front of the camera as the host on Lifetime TV and national commercials on the TEDx stage and read her work online in HuffPost, Business Insider, and Boss Babe, just to name a few. In other words, Christina is an absolute genius of marketing and PR, and so she is the perfect person to talk about using podcasts to grow your brand. Now today, Christina breaks down the difference between hosting your own podcast versus being a guest on someone else's and the pros and cons of each. We then dive deep into the strategy and insight on how to write a good pitch to get yourself on podcasts, the biggest mistakes people make, what to know from a host perspective, us, <laughs> strategies to use to maximize return on time investment when you are a guest on a show, and so much more. This episode is so fun, conversational, and packed with tangible insight and applicable information. So do not skip this one. We promise it will blow your mind. Also, you might want to wait for the end because our fellow book nerd, Christina dropped about 15 solid book recommendations for us and we love them all. They are good. So I'll stop for now and we can let Christina blow our minds together. Where do you see yourself in five years? Did a little panic just set in? Like, have you ever been asked that dreaded question and thought, oh my gosh, I actually don't know. Us too. We've been in your shoes. When people ask those big questions, it's normal not to know how to answer them, right? But it's a vital question to actually ask yourself, especially as an entrepreneur. It can make or break your business and ensure that you're actually heading in the right direction in life and business. Which is why we've created a resource just for you. It is all about setting goals and how to actually reach them as an entrepreneur. If you want to discuss dreaming big, how to set goals, and then how to actually achieve them, this freebie is just what the doctor prescribed. To download, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash goals. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Christina, welcome back to the show, friend. It has been a while. I am so happy to be back chatting with you ladies. Oh, we're so excited. For, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, we had Christina back on the podcast on episode 71, and she spilled so much wisdom on how to pitch yourself for media coverage. And today, we are so excited to have you back on, friend, to talk about another fun topic. But before we dive into that... Why don't you share a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got to where you are for those who aren't familiar with you already? 
Yeah. So the quick story is I'm a former TV reporter and anchor. When I was in that role, I was pitched a lot by publicists, by business owners, by people who just wanted, you know, to get that free commercial and get that third party acknowledgement and validation by being in the media. And a lot of the pitches were really bad. Like it was just (laughs) so clear that these people like had no idea what we talked about in our morning meetings, how we decided to cover what we were covering and all of that stuff. So I had a couple of kids and I wanted a more flexible schedule. So I got a job at a PR agency. And then after six months, I was like, screw this. I still was commuting like an hour each way to work. And I had a terrible boss who was like a micromanager. And I was like, let me just start my own thing. Like, I'll just be a professional freelancer and I will you know, get my clients on Upwork and LinkedIn and I'll just do that kind of stuff. And I learned about business. Like I was a business owner all of a sudden just because I wanted a flexible schedule. And over the last eight years since then, I have built a team of amazing women. A lot of them are former journalists like myself. And we have an agency where we completely do everything for you. But then I was getting messages from people sliding into my DMs and they were saying, hey, I want this, but I don't have an agency budget. Like, it's just me. I'm just a solopreneur. So that's when I created an online course. Well, let me just tell you what to do and I'll support you while you do it. But you know, you got to do the work. You just know what you're doing is the right Mm -hmm. thing. Like there's Mm -hmm. no trial and error. So I do the media thing and I do it from the perspective of a journalist and It just depends on how much time you want to spend or how much money you want to spend. And I can help you at any spot you are in your entrepreneurial journey. Oh, I love it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, you are incredible. And we cannot wait to dive into today's topic, um, which is how to grow your brand using podcasts. So you are the lady to talk to when it comes to this topic. So before we dive in, or as we dive in, I guess, could you talk about that from the aspect of either having your own podcast and then also being on other people's podcasts. Yeah. I think last time we chatted, I gave you like a more generic overall view at the media in general. So I love that we're going deep on one topic. Yes. Because when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, that's what I want. Like, I don't want to hear the overall thing that is so generic that I don't have tangible takeaways. Like, let's get specific. So I love Mm -hmm. this. I actually was a guest on podcasts for a few years before I actually started my own. And I can honestly say, like, I have my own podcast. You ladies have your own podcast. And I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, I find that when I'm a guest on podcasts, I get more leads that mm-hmm. translate into sales, at least it's easier for me to track yeah. because when my episode comes out on a podcast, I can see like in the back end of my convert kit, like I, I see spikes in my email list when that episode goes live. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just more obvious to me when I'm a guest, but there's just something about a podcast listener. They are just so much more focused on what they're listening to. They're not like, catching the TV when they walk by. They're not scrolling online or scrolling on social media. They are literally taking the time to read that podcast title and devote 30 minutes to listening to what this person has to say. So Mm -hmm. not only are they just more more into it and more engaged, Mm -hmm. but they are also making that decision to learn to either grow their business or you know, build their personal development skills, whatever it is. And it's just that that person is more likely to act 
on what they listen to because again, they're making a commitment. And then somebody really gets to know you. Like you can really tell a person's personality when you hear them on a podcast versus when you read a couple of quotes from them in an article online, or you see just a two to three minute segment of them on TV. You really get to decide if you know, like, and trust them in that podcast episode if they're a guest. And then obviously, if you have your own podcast, then they get to, you know, come and hang out with you every week. And that's when you really get to build the no like trust factor, like times a million, because that's when you can talk to them about whatever they want to talk about. And I don't know how you guys choose your topics or your guests, but a lot of times I'm, I'm asking in my newsletter that I send mm-hmm. out, like, what do you guys want to talk about? Like, what do you want to learn about? Like, if mm-hmm. I don't, I used to have guests on my show. I don't anymore, but I would say like, if it's something I don't know, like, who do you want me to have on? And what do you want me to talk about? And I just feel like it's the best form of education, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so intimate. Like you just said, like you are listening to somebody's voice for an extended period of time. And it is such an intimate experience, whether you're listening in your car or on headphones while you're working or whatever, while you're doing the dishes, it is, it's just so much more intimate than like you said, just that, that one-off video that you might see on Instagram or YouTube. Um, if it's short, obviously. Um, but I, I love everything that you just said. I guess my question, Christina, for you is, you know, you notice that you see a more identifiable like return from you being a guest on other people's podcasts. What would you say to the listener right now who has been interested in podcasting, whether starting their own or attempting to get on others first? Like, would you recommend that somebody start with attempting to be guests and be like pitching themselves to other podcasts first or starting their own first before attempting to pitch on others? That's such a good question. I think if you do have a podcast or you want to start your own podcast, the best way to build your podcast is by being a guest on others. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's just so hard to find podcasts. Like podcast SEO, it's tricky. It's not like a blog SEO. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because it's more of a newer format. But when somebody's in the podcast app and they hear somebody on a podcast, they're gonna be like, oh, I like this person. I wanna hear more of what they have to say. It's super easy for them to find that podcast and you know, look at the show notes and click over to it. However... Starting your own podcast is quite a different commitment level than hopping on to be on somebody (laughs) else's show for 30 minutes. Like (laughs) you need to make sure you are in it for the long haul because you don't want this to be a situation where, you know, like people did this with blogs many years ago. They're probably still doing it now where you start something, you have this great idea. Maybe like you go into it thinking you're going to monetize it. I feel like that's a bad way to go into starting a podcast because you have to build the platform. It's not like you can just start a blog and then all of a sudden your SEO is amazing and you can get ads on it and you can get sponsors and all of it. Like you have to really enjoy it and you have to be committed to doing it for at least a year as a form of content creation and not something to monetize because it's hard to, unless you're a celebrity starting a podcast out the gate, like you have to really commit to spending time. And it's not just coming up with the idea and recording it, but then you have show notes and then you have promo and then you have the tech side of it. Like it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're, you know, debating on what to do, you need to 
answer the question, how much time am I willing to commit to this? Because, you know, the the time portion of it is is totally different. Now, if you just want to, you know, build your brand and get more leads and you don't want to spend a ton of time creating content, then for sure do the podcast guesting thing. Um, because that's, that's where you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. And I say buck, but it's really time because you shouldn't be paying to be a guest on a podcast. That's another can of worms we can get into if you want to. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) I think it's really, it's just all about the time commitment. Um, I was, I was a guest on a podcast for, a few years before I started my own. And the only reason I started my own, it was always like on my list of things to do, but it wasn't until I was in a mastermind with Pat Flynn. And he was like, well, you should just start it. Like, like go through my program. I'll give you access. And so it's like, okay, if Pat Flynn is like saying he's going to teach you how to start a podcast, like I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> so that was like when I was like, okay, yeah, I guess now's the time to start my podcast. And that was in 2018. Oh, oh, I love amazing. it. Amazing. Well, okay. I, I can fully agree. When, when you're like, it takes a lot. I'm like, yep. Yeah. It, it is the <laughs> slow game. Uh, when you start your own podcast, it's just, and I love that you mentioned like, don't expect monetization right out the gate. Very similar to kind of like a blog, just because that is so true. It is a slow game. And I also find as a podcast host, it's so hard to know what brings in money directly from the podcast. Like it's, it's such a convoluted, uh, thing. it's very difficult to track direct leads from the podcast. Right. And, Unless you're you know, sharing like a, a code or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, for anybody that's listening that wants to then start getting on podcasts as guests, let's kind of shift the conversation to pitching because you are the queen of that. And I want to know what you think is the biggest mistake that people make when they pitch podcasts. Well, I want to hear from you guys too, because you get pitched a lot. I'm sure you have lovely stories to tell. I will tell you from a journalism perspective and then just as well as, you know, me being pitched by having my own podcast. I think the, there's, I mean, there's tons of mistakes. I think I talked about a lot of them in our past, um, in our past episode, just generically speaking. But I think when it comes to podcasts specifically, that is where you need to showcase your expertise. And when it comes to showcasing your expertise, you need to be as specific as possible because everybody on the internet today is an expert in something. Mm -hmm. And you need to differentiate yourself from people who do the same thing. For example, I'll get a lot of pitches and they'll be like, I can teach you, talk to your audience about how to make money through marketing or how to use Facebook ads to get more sales. Like in my opinion, that is so generic and Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to walk away with. Yeah. Instead, if you're into social media marketing, we'll use that as an example. Don't give me the same old social media marketing jibber jabber. Like I've heard it all a million times before. Tell me... Um, how you can increase the amount of sales that I make by driving people to the DMs on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like something like that. It's very specific. And I can say, oh, nobody's ever pitched me this talking point before. Or throw some numbers and statistics into it. Um, Like for example, I've seen Gary Vee talk about this a few times. He'll say, everybody says Facebook is dead but this is why you should focus on Facebook Reels. And here are five ways to use Facebook Reels to build your email list. Like, again, I get a lot of pitches about social media marketing. I see a lot of content, but I've never seen that. Yeah. So when you are pitching a topic, whatever the topic is, 
try to get as specific as possible. This is something I work with people on in my online course. And I have a Facebook group with it. And it's like the first thing I have people do. It's like, you know, write your, I call it your USP and give me, you know, like your talking points. And nine times out of 10, they're still too generic. And I'm like, you have to be more specific. Like, I still don't know what I'm going to get out of it. So if you put some kind of numbers in there, like if you, if we're talking about blogging or SEO, like make sure these three things are in the title of your blog post to 3X your traffic. Like something like that makes somebody want to listen. And you have to put the shoe on the other foot and say, okay, if I saw an, a podcast with this title or an article with this title, would I want to read it? Would I be excited to read it? And you have to make sure that it makes the person interested in learning more. And you know that there's going to be some kind of tangible step-by-step thing to do after you listen. Yes. I love that you said like phrasing it or phrasing your pitch, almost like you're writing the title of the episode. It's just from a host perspective. Mm -hmm. When people do that, it makes our job so much easier because it's like, oh, that's exactly what our audience will get out of it from the get-go. That's a great title. And it just, I think kind of thinking through how to do it to make the the people that you're pitching their job as easy as possible will get you more likely to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we have to sort through as the podcast host, and I'm sure Christina, you experienced this and agree with this too. If I have to sort through and like, read between the lines, like you're saying of like generically, if you're like, I would love to talk about social media marketing. It's like, fantastic. So what? Like, it's like we've also had social media, like we've talked about social media a bajillion times on the show. Why will your episode be different? Yeah. So it's like, if we have to sort through as the podcast host, you're putting so much more effort on us that we have to think through the topic ideas. We have to vet you and see like, okay, what are your qualifications? What, you know, what do you bring to the table? What reading between the lines of your experience, what could you possibly talk about? And then we have to send back and be like, would you be able to talk about this? No, it's not going to happen. Like if, if we have to do that amount of work, like it's a no from us, at least in our experience. But if somebody pitches us, yes, with a lot of info about yourself and your experiences, like that's great. But I also notice for myself, um, I will skim straight to like the potential topics or, and the titles, I will like get an idea, like skim through, okay, who are you? What are your qualifications? But then I'll go straight to what are you wanting to talk about? Cause if I notice immediately the topic or the theme is not, you know, what we would want to talk on the podcast or Lindsay and I talk about it all the time on our own or whatever, like it's not needed for a guest to come on and talk about it. I'm just probably going to say no without even reading the rest of the info. So that like section of detail of what specific, like as detailed and specific of the topic, like as you can give, I think is one of the biggest when it comes to pitching yourself. And a lot of people don't realize it or they, maybe they're too close to it. Like you can't read the outside of the label from inside the jar (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're not saying what they know. Like, I feel like a lot of us as business owners, we have this we have this problem. I mean, I know sometimes like I'll write copy and I'll say something. And to me, it's like so obvious, but somebody will ask a question. I'm like, oh, I should include that. Like, you know, it's like almost, it's like, what is it? The curse of knowledge blindness. So you have to remember to be specific, you know, like even, even if you 
think you're being specific, like Pinterest marketing? Well, is it organic? Is it Pinterest advertising? Is it for service-based businesses? Is it for a family product business? Like get as specific as you can. So the person you're pitching can say, oh, I've never received this pitch before. Yeah. And that's just one tip. I mean, there's so many other ones like, you know, don't email 500 people with the same thing at the same time. It's so obvious when you're doing that. And then like, stop trying to make us your personal, your personal book promotion team. Like I remember <laughs> one time I got this pitch and it was actually a good pitch. I don't think it was from the author. I think she hired, I don't know if it was a podcast booking agency or what. But it was actually like a really good pitch. So I booked this person to be a guest on my podcast. And then before we even recorded the interview, I got two more follow-up emails. And it was like all about the book, which listen, I get it. You have a book, but tell me you want to talk about the content in your book. So like my audience gets the takeaways and you're, you're going to get that book promotion by default. You know what I mean? Like clearly we're going to talk about it, but it was like pushed so hard. And then it was like, can you also release your episode on this day? Because this is the day of the book launch. And it was just too much at once. And it was Mm -hmm. too forceful that I was like, I just canceled the interview because I was annoyed at that point. Like you yeah. weren't making, like you said, you weren't making it easy for me. You have to make it easy for me because one, I don't owe you anything. Like I don't have to have you on my podcast if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And two, I got a million other things happening in my inbox. So if you're going to make this like harder for me, then I'm more likely to say no, because I don't need to do all of this work to have you on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I think- so good. I think what a lot of people don't realize, and I don't know if this is the case for every podcast owner, I kind of assume it is, but we like our inboxes are flooded with potential guests, like pitching themselves, like 10 plus a day. Like it, we are getting so many that it's, we skim like straight up. And I'm sure other podcast hosts do the same. Lizzie and I don't even look at the podcast pitch like guest pitched is anymore. We have our podcast manager do it. And if she has questions, she will send out to us. Otherwise she is handling it because I was doing it for the first like year of podcasting. And it was so difficult because I could barely even see my own client emails in my inbox because it was just like so many guest pitches. And it's like, Hey, first of all, know the podcast that you're pitching to. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you are not an ideal fit, you know, know the the genre, know the niche, know the expertise that that podcast talks about. And if that's not your area of expertise, just because it's a podcast, don't pitch to it. Like it's, it wastes our time. It doesn't look good on you as the guest. Um, and like make it as detailed, as specific and as easy for the podcast host as possible. Cause if it feels like you're saying, Christina, if it feels difficult, if you're making us jump through hoops to please you, like there are 10 other people that we could have on the podcast. Like we're going to say no, <laughs> like it's just not worth it. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of people, maybe they don't, I think some of it, they just don't know. You just mm-hmm. don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then two, it's, also that people are kind of selfish about it and you can't be selfish about it. Again, 
this podcast host doesn't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. Like you need to show that you are there to help them and their audience. And trust me, by default, people will get to know, like, and trust you. And if they do, they will find you online. They will join your newsletter, whatever it is. So you have to come, and it sounds so cliche, and I wish I could find a better way to say this that isn't like, give first and then you will receive. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> but it's, it's true. true. <laughs> I mean, if you, and if you want to be forceful about it and do it in another way, then you just got to fork up a bunch of money and pay for an ad. So you're in control of the messaging and how and when it gets out. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that really is just how it is. That's so good. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. If you're ready to uplevel your business, serve your clients like never before, and reach revenue goals that you barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. Hey friend, Evie here. You know we love getting really real on this podcast, right? Well, today I'm interrupting our episode to spill some tea on my life and what it was like about two years ago, and how community just completely changed my life and my business. You ready? All right, picture this. It is 2021, and I was scaling multiple businesses, running. Honestly, that year was crazy. I was running on empty, and I was on the verge of burnout. I've shared before, but that was a tough year of business for me and led to very bad burnout at the end of that year. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. (laughs) I knew I needed to slow down and I needed something to really change. So while I was navigating all of that, one of the most helpful things that helped me stay sane in the midst of the burnout as I had to keep going and recover well when I had time and space to breathe, business best friends. I am telling you, the people in my life who understand the ups and downs of owning a business were an integral part of my recovery from burnout and the support system I needed. Those people helped me also go through the really high seasons of business where they can help me celebrate my successes and work through struggles or hiccups in my business. I am just so thankful for my people. We need community and it is one of the most beautiful and necessary aspects of entrepreneurship, which is what makes the Heart Conference so, so special. Not only is it a place to learn from industry leaders, but to build relationships with other like-minded business owners who can cheer you on every step of the way. And these relationships last longer than the conference when it's all said and done. We still have dozens of our 2022 Nashville conference attendees still talking weekly to the business besties that they met there at that conference. And they are rushing to get back to Dallas together as a group. So I want to encourage you, if you are struggling to find a community of business owners, please come to the conference. Don't do this alone. You are made to be a part of a community that's life-giving and empowering, and that is why we created the Heart Conference for you. So snag your ticket at theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. We can't wait to have you in the room, friend. Okay, 
No, I it, just in the lieu of this conversation, I'm thinking of one of the best pitches that we've ever received. Uh, it was not from the person themselves. I think they had an agency or at least an assistant or a podcast manager themselves. But when she reached out for this person, she one like mentioned specific things that you would only know about Evie and I if you like followed us pretty in in depth. And then she also had said she already left a review on our podcast. Ooh. And then she was she was saying, "Hey, I'm pitching." this girl for the topic of Facebook ads. And she said, like you said, very, something very specific, but she also said, I looked through your entire show and I see that there was like one episode a very long time ago about Facebook ads. Here's how this person could approach that topic differently. So it it blew my freaking mind because not only was it clearly not just like a spam email that was like sent to a bajillion people, it was very, very specific, but also like she left a freaking review. She like made the research, she did the research to show that, Hey, this is the value that my, you know, lady can bring or whatever. And it was just like immediate. Yes. She had also, she clearly had listened to episodes too, because she like in her review, she talked about very specific things in multiple specific episodes that we were like, dang, this girl did work. And it makes us feel so honored and valued and appreciative. And like, it was Heck yes. For and it wasn't, even, it wasn't even the guest. It was like her assistant, yeah. but I don't care. Like if it's that good, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And you know what the thing is, is that a lot of people will be like, oh, I wish I could pitch like that, but I just don't want to spend that much time sending one pitch. I would rather spend less time and send 20 pitches. But the fact of the matter is if you spend less time and send 20 pitches, you're probably going to be zero out of 20. When Mm -hmm. if you spend more time pitching you the way that you just described, and maybe you only send five pitches that week, you're probably going to get maybe three out of five. Yeah. So that's the thing about PR in general and pitching that when you do it correctly, like that one-to-one with such specifics, yes, it takes a hell of a lot more time. However, your success rate is higher. And this is also why I tell people when you're pitching to be a guest on a podcast, focus on quality over quantity. I've been on a lot of podcasts over the last few years. And I can honestly like count on my hands when I see those spikes on the back end of my convert kit. And I can ask people like, oh, well, where did you hear about me? Yada, yada, yada. And it's always the same ones. So Mm -hmm. instead of just being on a podcast for the sake of being on a podcast, really look at who the audience is of that podcast you're listening to. Like, don't just focus on the ones that are ranked high and are well-known. When I say quality, I don't mean that. I mean, focus on the actual listeners. And a lot of people will say, well, look at the title or the description of a podcast and be like, oh, well, that one isn't a fit for me because, you know, like these words aren't in it or whatever. But who's the audience? Like I always use the example of how I got a client on the Rachel Ray show and the client had a baby product and everybody was like, well, why would you get them on the Rachel Ray show? Like the Rachel Ray show is about food and cooking. Yeah, it is. But who is the audience? Mm -hmm. It's moms. So moms want to know about baby products. So like, don't get distracted by the title or description. You always have to remember who the audience is. And if the audience is somebody who could do business with you down the line, then that's who you want to focus on. And like your example was so good, especially 
the part about leaving a review because that is just like, that's all podcast hosts want you to do, people. They just right? want you to leave a freaking review. <laughs> and it's like, it's so hard, but good God, it's like the nicest thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the one thing that we can really like identify as, oh, this helps us so much with rankings. Like it's exactly. so easy to be like, please help. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, let's just... Uh, Pause this episode and leave us a five-star review. Thanks. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Nice plug. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, Christina, I have in discussing, you know, getting on other podcasts and talking through, you know, the pitches... Is, is there actual, you know, cause you've discussed like the back end of convert kit and, you know, the actual getting on other podcasts is more identifiable for you to see it turn into leads and sales. I guess what, what would your thoughts be to our listeners on how they can monetize being a guest on other people's podcasts? Like what is the strategy behind trying to turn podcast interviews into actual dollars in their bank account? Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. And it's, it's so hard. Just, I feel like one of the hardest things in my job, and I deal with this more on the agency side because a lot of people, they want data and statistics, you know, like with Facebook ads and Google ads, like that's easy. You know what I mean? Like you can go and see your insights and see all that information, but with earned media, like being a guest on a podcast, it is so much like a word of mouth thing, like a building trust relationship thing where it's hard to track. Like it's hard to track. So I do things like, well, this episode went live on this day. Let me see what my email subscribers look like in the next week after something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or maybe on the podcast, you share a call to action. So the best ways to monetize, I mean, I think number one, it's just going to happen organically, which is hard to track, you know, like people may hear me on this podcast and come and subscribe to my podcast and listen to my episodes. I'm not going to know they do that. Like, unless they leave me a review saying I'm coming from heart and hustle, (laughs) like I'm not going to know that they do that. So stuff is so hard to track, but you have to believe it's working because that's just the way things work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I suggest, you know, like you mentioned, um, you know, you could share a code or something where you can track that stuff, but you should always have a place to send people, you know, like if you have a podcast, maybe they can go listen to the podcast again, that's something that's not easily trackable, but you can have a lead magnet. You can have a newsletter, some kind of freebie to share with people. And maybe you have that specific link for that podcast. I used to do that. I used to create a specific link for every podcast I was on. I would, I would share, you know, the same few opt-ins and I would be like, go to this website slash heart to get it. And mm-hmm. then I could go back and see these all came from people listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. But that just got to be too much. Like I didn't want to create a new URL for everybody. I just know that this stuff works, you know, just from experience and mm-hmm. asking people where they come from. That's another thing, you know, like if people get on your email list, like how'd you find me? Or I have a, a work together form where if you want to work with me, you fill it out. And then one of the questions I ask is how'd you find me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will tell you and then sometimes they don't even know because maybe they've heard me on a few different shows. So they started following me on social media and then maybe a year has passed. So they really just don't remember where they first heard of me. And honestly, like, I feel like when it's like that, it's like, oh, it's working because Mm -hmm. they've seen me in a few different places or they heard me on a few different podcasts that they don't really remember because I'm, I'm always on their radar. So that's like the good news and the bad news about how this stuff tracks. But when you're a guest on the podcast, 
the number one goal is to just bring those people into your ecosystem. And you usually just want, you want to send them somewhere if the podcast host will let you share something to send them. Like, you know, some podcasts has, some of them don't. They'll be like, you know, you just share value. And then if people want to learn more, they can find you in the show notes, whatever. And they won't let you say something on air. Um, but most of the time they will. And you just have to trust trust people. If they know, like, and trust you from that podcast, they'll come and find you. Mm-hmm. But again, the tricky thing is, is that when it comes to earned media, where you're not paying to be somewhere, it is hard to track. Yeah. Totally. When I like that you mentioned leaving something for free, because obviously if somebody's listening to you for the first time on a podcast that they listen to and, and you're, you know, the first time this is the first time they're hearing of you. One, you're giving value on the podcast, but then you're even offering extra value with a freebie or anything that does get them into your ecosystem, whether that's your social, your email list, et cetera. And I I like that you mentioned like that's your ecosystem where then you can nurture them further to eventually hopefully make them a paying client Um, or just to continue giving them value. Um, Oh, Lord almighty. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I am really driving today. I'm like, where? I had a question coming. Oh, you you mentioned this a little bit. Can you just demystify the the I guess concept of not paying to be on other people's podcasts? Because oh, I think God. some people that are in the <laughs> podcast world don't understand, or they're they're always like, "Wait, do I have to pay to be on podcasts?" Like, so can we just talk about that real fast? Yes, we can. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I, and again, I think this is because podcasts are more of a newer situation for like the people who make the laws. So this hasn't been something that's implemented in podcasts, but every other form of media, this is implemented. If you pay to be on TV or you pay to be online or whatever the situation, you have to disclose this person is is paying to be here. Why? Because you need to know that they're paying to be there because if not, you will think, oh, they're there because they deserve to be there. And that's the thing. When somebody comes on a podcast or when you're listening to somebody on a podcast, you should think they're there because they're an expert and they have amazing things to share. Mm -hmm. But now people are thinking, oh, how can I monetize this podcast? Well, I will charge guests to come on. And I've pitched for myself and I've pitched for clients and they've come back and said, yes, it is this much money to appear. And I'm like, no, F that. I'm not paying you to be on your podcast. (laughs) Now, if you want to sell me a sponsorship, That's different. Uh So why don't you pass along your media kit? Tell me all about your listeners and their demographics so I can decide if this is a good advertising investment for me. And that's the thing. If somebody, and people do this all, they they do it to me because they're idiots on the the internet. They will (laughs) slide into my DMs and they will say, if it's, if it's, you know, to be the, the top 40 under 40 list or whatever, or um, pay me and you'll get coverage here, here, and here, guaranteed. And it's like, okay, well, it sounds like you're selling an ad. So send me the media kit and show me why I should invest in this advertisement. Don't just give people money willy-nilly, especially when they don't own the outlet. Like, obviously, if it's your podcast, you can do that. You own the outlet. But if somebody is charging you, then you need to know those numbers. You need to know what kind of investment you're getting. And then you also, on the back end of that, like when it's all published and it's live, you need the numbers of downloads and you need those demographics. Like that's how advertising works. And a lot of these podcast hosts, they don't have a media or journalism background. So they don't know that. They're just trying to make a quick buck and that's how they do it. Mm -hmm. I remember once I pitched a podcast interview for a client and somebody came back and was charging $500. And I was like, 
okay, well, can you explain to me why you're charging this much money? And he was thrown. He was like, he had no idea how to respond. And I don't know if it's because nobody like pushed him on it. And it's like, listen, dude, I'm going to take this back to my client. Maybe he'll pay you, but I need to take back something more than, oh, it's $500 to appear. Like you (laughs) need to tell me who your audience is, what your download numbers are, all the things. And he wouldn't give me those numbers. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, is it because those numbers aren't impressive to you? Or like, I don't know what the situation was, but he was like, okay, never mind. We'll just have them on for free. So, <laughs> oh. and, and, then, and then I've also seen podcasts. Some podcast hosts are very open about like, yes, now I charge a fee for people to appear. And now I don't listen to those podcasts because now I know that those people are only there because they're paying to be there. Yeah. And I don't know if they're actual experts and what they're talking about. So I'm not going to waste my time listening to a 30-minute advertisement. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I think that's so interesting. This is like from a, a personal... <laughs> this is coming from a personal question. Have, do you, have you seen people like turn down guests, but offer those guests sponsorship opportunities? Yes. Because I've literally never thought of that ever. We just turned on guests left and right because we don't have the capacity for the amount of guests that pitch us. But I'm like the ones that are like, oh, these seem really interesting. I could see this being aligned, but we're batched out for like six to eight months. We just don't have capacity and we already have a running list of other people waiting to get on the show. I'm like, oh, could we be sending them our media kit for sponsors? You should. Oh my God, you totally should. Because listen, I think that's a good alternative. And that happens a lot when we pitch. Because a lot of like, wherever you live, you probably have a lot of like local glossy magazines. And almost half of those are pay to play. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of times I'll pitch and they'll be like, oh, well... How about you pay for the coverage? And because I just don't do that for my clients, I always pass. But I think, and I'm in a, I'm in a mastermind right now. And the guy who leads the mastermind, his name's Jay Klaus. He has the um, Creator Science podcast. He said that he just advertised on a podcast and he said the advertisement went really well. I'm waiting to hear specifics from him. Like, how do you know it went well? Why did you think that podcast? What was the advertisement? Like, I want to know the specifics of it. But I do think like if you have a podcast and you are getting a lot of pitches, I think, you know, like maybe you are batched out or like, you know, in my situation, I'm not accepting guests. And I just, I just haven't been doing anything, but maybe I should create a media kit and say, hey, listen, I no longer have guests on my podcast, but if you want to sponsor an episode, you know, here are my numbers. Here is this. And listen, even if you don't have like big, impressive numbers on your podcast, why don't you say... You could sponsor the podcast for this much, or you could sponsor my podcast, my newsletter, and I'll share some social media posts about you for this much. Like there's Mm. just so many different ways you could monetize a podcast Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be by charging guests. And you Mm -hmm. have to be honest with your listeners. Like you can't have somebody come on your show for 30 minutes and not say they're paying me to be here. Because I feel like you're tricking people. I really, really do. I'm Maybe I just am an oversharer and I'm transparent about too many things. But if I was listening to a podcast and I didn't know that was a 30-minute advertisement, I would be like, man, they should have told me that. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. And when, when you say this person is sponsoring this podcast, we know what that means. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think it's so accurate. And I think it can skew both the host and like... The number of people who have come on our podcast with the most incredible things to say who realistically either couldn't have afforded or wouldn't have wanted to put their marketing budget towards like paying to be on our show. Like, no, there's there's so many. And those people are like some of my favorite people we've had on the podcast and whatnot. And I think it can skew the host's perspective of 
you know, oh, I'm only going to book the people who can pay. And it's also completely unfair to the audience, like what you're saying, Christina, of like, no, I I don't want to have to sit there where somebody is paid and then their perspective as the guest or yeah, the guest is like skewed to feeling like I have to make the most of this because I'm paying for this. So I'm just going to right. sell. Like, no. Well, and then it, for the audience, it just, it I think it dis like makes the quality of the show go down because then it's just yeah. advertisement after advertisement after advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Christina, do you have an example, uh, whether it's your own podcast or even your own story or even a client of yours that has pitched to a show that's led to something like incredible or life-changing for their business? Oh yeah. I mean, I can take you down like the path of the first time I was on Smart Passive Income. And I like using this example for a few reasons. One, because like I said, it's hard to like directly say this money came from this, but Mm -hmm. I can track all of this over a course of a few years. And the first time I was on Smart Passive Income, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I feel (laughs) like there is this Well, I know there is this belief that a lot of small business owners have, especially women, where they will make excuses and say, oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm not big enough to be on this podcast or whatever. That doesn't matter. Nobody cares. And I'm sure you can agree with me. Like when people pitch you, you don't care about how big their audience is, how much money they're making in business, how big their team is. If they have a bomb idea, you're going to be like, oh yeah, let's talk about this. And a lot of people, especially women, they put this belief in their head that they're not ready, they're not big enough, whatever it is. So when I first got on Smart Passive Income, I like, I, I was a, I called myself a quote unquote professional freelancer. And I pitched Pat with um, a video because I heard him say one time that he gets like 400 email pitches a day, but no videos. So I made the video. Um, And again, I think that's an example of like, hey, I heard you say this. So here's a video pitch. And it was two minutes long. So again, something that set me apart. And I referenced something he said before. So um, I sent it and I saw there was like one view on YouTube. It was unlisted and it was just me making sure it worked. So I followed up a week later and I said, hey, notice you didn't watch it. Like, watch it. You know, obviously. <laughs> I said it a little bit more, a little bit more um, better than that. But because of the follow-up, I got booked on his podcast. And I didn't even share a lead magnet the first time I was on. He's like, where can people find you? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm Christina all day on social media. Like, whatever. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. But people found me. And then a few months after that, somebody, my the very first person who purchased my online course told me she found me by listening to that episode. So right there, I tracked $1,000 from being on that episode. Mm. So after that, Pat, and I'm going from like years. This is like since 2016, probably, okay? So a few years after that, 2018, Pat opens up a mastermind and he had like hundreds of people apply and he was only taking like 12 people or something. And I sent an application and he knew me from being on his podcast. So I was accepted into his mastermind. And then I was on his podcast again. And from that podcast episode, I actually landed an agency client and agency clients, they pay thousands of dollars a month for a, on a six-month retainer. So right there, that's like, we'll say $30,000 from mm-hmm. that second episode I was on. 
And then I met all the people in his mastermind, which were insane people. And that led to business for them because I used one for Facebook ads. That led to introductions from them to other people. That also led to me speaking on stage with Pat at Podcast Movement in 2019. So like that is just like how one podcast episode led to tens of thousands of dollars. And nine times out of 10, that's how it's going to happen. A lot of people think, oh, I'm on this podcast. I'm going to sit back and everything's going to come in. Like, no. One, you need to do something. You need to leverage the PR. I call it doing PR on your PR. Like (laughs) I still share those episodes. They're years old. And I still share them because one, people are just finding out about me. So they didn't know I was on his podcast before. Two, they're still out there. That's another good thing about earning this coverage. It's not like ads where you stop paying for it and they disappear. Like you can still find them. People are still listening. And so I'm, I'm still sharing it because it's still relevant. People don't know about me. And then think about social media. Like I can post the same thing every day for a year. And most people aren't going to see it just because Mm -hmm. of the algorithm, just because of when they're logging on. And then even if they do see it, they've seen 2 million things since then, they're going to forget about it the next time they see it. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many reasons that you should be constantly sharing the earned media you're getting in the podcast interviews you're doing. Plus, it's just freaking common courtesy. Like, I don't know about you girls, but I think it is so freaking rude (laughs) when people are a guest on a podcast and they don't share the episode. Yep. Like I would know <laughs> and you say your podcast episode is live. If I didn't share it, I would be such an asshole. <laughs> I need to share it on social media. I need to tell everybody, hey, listen, I'm chatting with Evie and Lindsay. Like, listen to this episode and I need to share it everywhere. And then um, I can tag you guys and you can see I'm sharing it. And then you're probably going to be very grateful for that because it's rare. It's just mm-hmm. wild. And that's how you turn publicity into profit. Like that's another okay. way you can make more money because people are going to see, even if people aren't listening to your podcast, they're going to see, oh, look, Christina was on this podcast episode. Let's go listen to it. And then they're going to be like, oh, wow, she's getting podcast interviews. I wonder how she's doing that. And then that can turn into money for me. Like there's so many ways to monetize a guest appearance. And that was just the, the, the example I gave you with Pat Flynn. That's just one example of what happened with one podcast episode after, you know, like three, four years down the road. Like one thing leads to another and that leads to another and that leads to another. But you have to like use it. You can't mm-hmm. just sit there and think, okay, I was on the podcast. Now I'm going to sit back and do nothing. Yeah. I think that's so good. It's like take action on the actions that you're taking. You know, don't yeah. don't be a passive bystander to your business. And especially if you're actually trying to take steps towards something and utilize and leverage and, you know, a marketing opportunity, like being a guest on other podcasts, even your own podcast, like, you know, take action, be, uh, I don't want to say like aggressive. Also, the only thing that's popping in my head when I say that is like, be aggressive. 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 I was a cheerleader in high school. I'm resonating so much with that. Same. Oh my gosh. I love how we just totally derailed. But (laughs) the the point of just like being intentional, I guess, and like actually taking action, working Uh hard for something, not only with your pitches, like you paid attention to Pat and the fact that he mentioned he doesn't get video pitches and you're like, I'm going to leverage this. And then you utilize, you saw he was coming out with a mastermind. You're like, I'm going to leverage me being on his podcast before and I'm going to try to get into this. 
all right, now I'm going to leverage the relationships that are around me. Like you were very intentional and took the opportunities that were in front of you and ran with them. And I think that is huge. You know, not being a passive bystander in your own business, in your own life, especially when you're actually trying to take action. Like don't just take one step and be like, I ran a marathon. No, that's not how that works. Like you got to actually uh, follow up with some of those things. So I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that, Christina. Of course. All right. We, to end this episode, we'd like to give you, all of our guests, a couple of the same questions. This one we added a couple like months ago because we selfishly love reading. Um, And we were like, why have we not been asking? So I don't think we asked you this the first time you were on the show. (laughs) You guys, I'm like the biggest book nerd. I don't know how many shirts I have about reading. (laughs) Okay. Well then we want to know what is the favorite, what is a favorite book that you've read recently? You can give us fiction, nonfiction. I literally don't care. Business or all of it. We will all of it. Why are we just getting to books now? <laughs> okay. We'll have you on a third time and we can jam about that. <laughs> I am rereading Atomic Habits right now because yes. the first time I read it, I listened to it. So I bought the hardcover and I'm reading it with a highlighter. Yes. Good. Love Atomic Habits. I love business-wise. I'll start with nonfiction. Um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is a great one. I might reread that. I don't like to reread books because I feel like there are just so many that Mm -hmm. why read the same one twice. But that one is so good. Love that one. I'm trying to just think of what's on. I'm like literally looking at my bookshelf. I'm trying to think of recent ones. I just read um, Sweet Success. It's by the woman who started Sprinkles Cupcakes. That was kind of a fun story. Yeah, I like that one. Um, So yeah, reading those. I'm getting a little pickier with my nonfiction because I feel like a lot of them are kind of, again, very generic. We've all heard this before type of thing. Uh So I have to get more specific with my nonfiction. Now fiction. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, I just finished Romantic Comedy. That was okay. Oh, that's like just came out. It, it just came out. It's a Reese Witherspoon book pick. Um, I let me see. Oh, I'm I'm on a Colleen Hoover kick. Like who isn't? <laughs> L- loving, loving her. Um, she's she re- she writes these books and you read them and you're like, oh my god. Okay, I need like a week to just think about everything that happened. Like I <laughs> had that with my theory on Colleen Hoover. She picks something that is heartbreaking or traumatic, like a topic, like domestic abuse, infertility, like suicide, like literally she'll pick a thing and then she'll write a love story around that, which sounds bad when I say that, but it's, it wrecks your soul. And then the men that she, like, she's ruining it for all women and all men because she writes these men that you become freaking obsessed with in these books. And you're like, oh my God, where is Atlas Corrigan in real life? Where is like, where are these people in real life? So yes, I'm on a Colleen Hoover kick. I um, also think the Finley Donovan books are super fun. Oh. Like the Finley Donovan is killing it. It's a, it's a trilogy now. Um, and it's about this woman and she's actually a writer and she is overheard in like a Panera. And the person who overhears, overhears her talking with her editor mistakes her for a contract killer and hires <laughs> her to, hires her to kill her husband. And it's just like the, I love murder in books, <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's like the funniest murder mystery story. So I'll do like some romances, but then I'll get a little bored after a couple. So I need like a psychological thriller. I love James <laughs> Patterson for psychological thrillers. I just read A Flicker in the Dark. That was a good oh, one. I read that a few. We are like this. We have the same book case. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. I'm always reading a book. I just started The Siren. Um, yeah. I'm always, I'm always reading a book. And well, I'm always, like, like my Instagram is a bookstagram. <laughs> we love 
it. We are here for it. I feel like we asked the person that we should have asked for book recommendations. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. This one is a little, a little more serious. And one of the last rapid fire questions, what is one of the biggest lessons that you have learned in business? Oh God. I know. <laughs> I would say, I, I would say, um, Okay. I learned this. This is how I pay my team, like an inside look and how I run my business. You always have to make sure that you're profitable Mm -hmm. or else your life is going to suck and you're going to be very stressed out. So something that I do, I don't have full-time employees because I don't want like the headache of it all. So when I get a client, this is agency speaking, I split everything three ways. The team member who is like the publicist on the account gets a third. I get a third and then the third goes to expenses. I will say nine times out of 10, the third that goes to expenses is more than a third. So then that cuts into like my cut and my profit. But I can honestly say from the beginning, I have always been profitable by doing that. Another book, sorry to go back to the book question, but Profit First (laughs) is a great book to ensure you're just always profitable in business. And I think another lesson is not to say don't believe this shit on the internet, but there's a lot of people who will say, I have a million dollar business, this, that, and the other. But what they don't tell you is that they're spending $999,000 on ads Mm -hmm. and they're making a million dollars. So when all said is done, they only have a thousand dollars to show for it. Yeah. And I think that is something that's so important. Like don't focus on this like arbitrary number, like a million dollar business. Instead, look at how much money you need to live the lifestyle that you want to live and make that much money. Mm-hmm. And that much money is what is in your pocket. It's not how much money goes into your business. It's how much money is in your pocket. Like I see a lot of, we have, you know, like the business journals and there's a lot of, um, they'll say like the top whatever businesses and they'll have all these advertising companies and it'll be like $50 million in revenue. And it's like, okay, but did your clients just pay you $49,000 for ads? And then like Mm -hmm. the other million was for your services. So I always just take how much money businesses are bringing in with a grain of salt because you really don't know how much do you have to take home at the end of the day. It's so good. That is amazing. Oh my gosh, Christina, thank you so much. I'm going on a tangent. No, no, it's all good. really a rapid fire answer. Like it can't be. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... The two questions that we ask at the end of the episode, we call it rapid fire, but it 100% is not. It's fine. We lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you have been a breath of fresh air. We love having you on the show. You are literally one of our favorite people. So for everybody that either this is their second time getting an introduction from you on this podcast or for the first time, where can they find you? Where can they hang out with you, stalk you, all the things? Yes. Well, hello, Bookstagram. That's at Christina all day. I want to see what I'm reading. <laughs> um, and then I have a free masterclass. You can see that at earnmedianow.com. And I will tell you five simple steps to get featured in the media without spending money on ads. That's... um. That's a that's an easy place to learn more for free. And then, yeah, I'm on the socials. I have my podcast, Become a Media Maven. While you're in the app, come find me there. And yeah, I have a newsletter that goes out every, every Thursday. So if you go to my website, mediamavenandmore.com, you can join my newsletter. And yeah, 
I'm, I'm an open book. Amazing. So anywhere. <laughs> Everyone go follow, learn, download the, the masterclass, like learn from Christina. This girl clearly knows her stuff. So Christina, thank you for taking time again to be on this podcast. It is always an honor and a pleasure. Oh my gosh. Amazing talking to you girls always. <laughs>